If not you, then who? If not here, then where? If not now, then when? That's Ed Tate. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I am thankful for you tuning in with me today as we have international keynote speaker and author Ed Tate making his first appearance on the show with two messages to share with us today. One is to treat people with respect. And the next is to do what you feel is right, even when it's uncomfortable. Here's Ed Tate. Enjoy. There you go, Mr. Tate. Next time, drive a little slower. Speaking of slow, have you ever noticed how long it takes a police officer to write you a ticket? Completely eliminating all that time that you've made up. I said to myself, it's going to be one of those days. But I did the math. There was still enough time for me to make my noon flight to Phoenix, Arizona. All I had to do now was to park my car, walk through security, and off to the gate. And as luck would have it, I found the parking spot right away. But when I got to security, there were lines for as far as my eyes could see. It was the mid-1990s. The Denver International Airport had just opened up. The airline and the airport had decided it would be a good idea to actually enforce the two-bag limit. I did the math. There was no way I was going to make my flight. I said to myself, it's going to be one of those days. I noticed on the departure board, there was a two o'clock flight leaving for Phoenix. I said to myself, I'm a frequent flyer, a premier executive, 1K. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars with this airlines. They had better figure out a way to get me on that flight or I was gonna give them a piece of my mind. I walked over to customer service. In line ahead of me, there was a couple, a tall young man and his girlfriend. And the conversation between the tall young man and the customer service agent went something like this. What do you mean there's not enough room for us on the two o'clock flight to Phoenix? It's because of your airline we missed our connection in the first place. I'm a frequent flyer, a premier executive, 1K. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on those airlines. You had better figure out a way to get us on that flight. She responded, sir, I'm so sorry. The next flight that we can get you on is at six o'clock. Do the math, lady. The wedding is at five. (laughs) Then he committed what I called the unpardonable sin. He called her the B word. (laughs) Guys, that's not funny. And the silence 
was deafening. And then he storms off. And I was next. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. All of a sudden, it occurred to me that the customer service agent, she was just trying to do the best that she could. I was no better than her. I could see that she was shaken. I said, ma'am, take your time. I'm in no hurry. <laughs> Not anymore. She said, sir, what can I do for you? I couldn't help overhear the previous conversation. If you could put me on any flight to Phoenix today, that would be fine. And her fingers, they danced across the keyboard. And she presented me with the final seat on the two o'clock flight to Phoenix. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go, Eddie, it's your birthday. I really didn't do the celebration dance. That was my inside voice. I thanked her enthusiastically. And I said, don't let it be one of those days. I had some time to kill, so I decided to go to the food court and get some lunch. And who is in line ahead of me? The tall, angry young man and his girlfriend. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, someone ought to say something to that guy. Someone ought to give that guy a piece of their mind. Somebody ought to do that. And I remember hearing this voice and it said, Ed, it's not you. <laughs> then I heard this other voice. And it said, Ed, if not you, then who? If not here, then where? If not now, then when? Have you noticed I spend way too much time talking to myself? <laughs> I decided to approach the angry young man. By the way, did I mention that he was tall? <laughs> About six foot five, 200 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let these flat screens fool you. I am not a big man. I said, sir, excuse me. If it's true what you say, if you are indeed a frequent flyer, there are two things that you know. The first thing that you know, the question is not if, the question is when you will miss your next flight. The second thing that you know, the customer service agent over there, she was trying to help you. She had nothing to do with you missing your connection. The next time this happens, and it will happen again, I want you to be nice. Then all of a sudden, pow! His girlfriend hit him in the arm and said, yeah, be nice. Oh, you thought I got hit. <laughs> he walked away in stunned silence. Finally, I made it to the gate, and I noticed something unusual. As a frequent flyer, typically a gate is operated by uniformed personnel. But on this particular occasion, in addition to uniformed personnel, there was a man in a suit. As a frequent flyer, this is not a good sign. This means trouble. And I thought to myself, well, maybe that customer service agent, she wasn't supposed to give me that final seat. I'm keeping this ticket. I hand my ticket to the gate agent. The gate agent whispers to the suit, this is the guy. I'm saying to myself, oh my God, they're gonna take my ticket. I'm keeping this ticket. The man in the suit reaches across the counter. He says, Mr. Tate, I wanna thank you for what you have done. As I'm reaching up to shake his hand, I'm thinking to myself, he's just trying to soften me up. <laughs> so he can take my ticket. I'm keeping this ticket. Well, I ask him, well, what did I do? 
He said, earlier today, one of our customer service agents, they had an altercation with an angry passenger. One of our supervisors happened to be behind the counter at that moment, and she noticed how graciously you treated one of her own. She happened to take her lunch break at the exact moment when you confronted the angry passenger. Mr. Tate, our number one priority is to make sure that our passengers reach their destinations safely every day of the year. We do that every single day of the year. And occasionally, we get them there on time. <laughs> That's not what he really said. I, I just made that last part up. But when things go wrong, people are quick to jump down our throat. And seldom, if ever, does anyone stand by us. And Mr. Tate, I just want to thank you for what you have done. Sir, may I please have your ticket? Man, I knew it! <laughs> he was going to take my ticket. It's going to be? But the gate agent, his fingers, they danced across the keyboard, and he presented me with a first-class ticket on the 2 o'clock flight to Phoenix. Thank you. And the lesson is this. Every now and then, we must listen to those voices. The voices inside of our head and the voices inside of our heart. These are the voices of our conscience. They are the voices that ask, what is the right thing to do? They are the voices that cry out, if not you, then who? And every now and then, when we listen to those voices, it was like I was trying to tell you from the very beginning, I knew it was going to be. Big thanks to Ed Tate for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, edtate.com. His Facebook is Ed Tate and Associates. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled Ed Tate 2000 World Champion of Public Speaking Million Dollar Roundtable Keynote Address. All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.